Yes, I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Quick Cut Theology, where we examine a few verses in a shorter amount of time than we do with the Saturday evening Bible study or even the radio shows, and we just go through a uh, usually a limited topic. And today we're going to deal with, actually just a verse and a half really, or actually two verses I guess, in James chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Um, let's see here, actually I'm sorry, verses 2 and 3. This is James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not... You ask, and you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. And so you see we're dealing with prayer. And um, we're going to deal with motivations in prayer and things like that. And so first you see at the end of verse 2 there, of course the first part of that is talking about sinful heart attitudes, um, that can root in the heart and it talks about being you know the ultimate cause of murder or any kind of hate is that you you lust and do not have something and so you commit murder and it could be uh, many different things but of course um, and also you're envious and you cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel that's usually the more applicable of the two obviously within Christian attitudes we hope there's not a whole lot of murder going on at churches because you because we're not getting along, so it's usually a matter of being envious and not being able to obtain something you want. So it's all rooted in selfish, selfish ambition. And so whenever, whenever there is selfish ambition, you're going to have quarreling. You're going to have disorder. You're going to have conflict. And uh, and so that's a hard attitude. And ultimately, the the cause of that is, and I you know we all struggle with this, and I struggle with it a lot myself. Is that even even in spiritual service to the Lord. It's really, really easy to have your motivation turned from God's glory, which is the only motive that is right for anything, but especially in Christian service, to it can become about you. It can become about your own glory. And like I said, you can set out that way with that attitude, or sometimes you can even start start out with the right attitude and have that turn because the heart just kind of pulls towards selfishness and so it's something that has to be guarded continuously in Christian ministry is you always have to be asking why are you doing what you're doing are you doing it for your own glory or is it for the glory of God and 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 that's that that is the most important thing is your motive and now there's sometimes I've served the Lord spiritually from from a selfish motive I wasn't even aware of but then over in it and it kind of got me along for a while but then after a while he exposes that shuts it off you know shows your your shows you your need for him and um, he corrects you on that and so it's always it's one thing before I teach I really try uh, as hard as I can to make sure that I'm doing it for the glory of the Lord and I believe it's his will that I do this and so well it's his will of what I'm teaching but also, even more importantly, I'll ask him during, you know, while I'm teaching to, to keep me, keep my heart attitude that way. Because I mean, if you're teaching for an hour, that's a lot of time. Or teach for a half hour, whatever it is, you could have your heart attitude changed from 
God-glorifying motivation to self-glorifying motivation, and that, that's really, really, really easy to happen. So our motives are always something that we want to guard, guard very, very carefully. So everything that we do, we should be doing for the glory of God. All right, and so you see, um, the, in two of the, it says at the end of the verse 2 there, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. Of course, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord if you don't ask. And the reason you don't, and then at the end of verse 2, it says you do not have because you do not ask. And the two reasons I've noticed in my heart and in my life why if I'm not praying, that means I'm not asking. It's either I have sin in my life that I'm aware of and that I don't want to give up, or I'm, I'm doing the spiritual self-reliance thing. I want control. So it's either comfort or control. It's either sin or self-reliance. Those are usually the two motives that I have, and I think many others have, why you're not in prayer and you're not asking for the Lord. So if you're dependent and, and, and you're, of course, no one's without sin, but if you're really, really purposing in your heart not to, not to have willful sin, not to have willful idolatry, and you're battling against it, then you will be in prayer. But if you're not, if you have things in your heart, worldliness in your heart that you know, and worldliness just dulls you anyway. And so you may not even be overly aware of your your attitude towards sin, but but worldliness immediately dulls you, takes away all your love, selfless love, puts all the love on yourself. But it's the world worldliness turns you to yourself, self pleasure, self selfishness. And so, if we're not praying, if we're not asking, it's usually one of those two things. We're either gotten a little worldly, or we are trying to do we're trying to control. Our spiritual service to the Lord. We're trying to do it. We, we're trying to do what we want to do when we want to do it, and that doesn't work out either. You could even be doing the right things, not necessarily sinning. Trying to teach, trying to study the scriptures, trying to pray, but if you're not doing it according to His will, seeking His will, and you're seeking your own will on how to serve Him, that that won't work either, and you'll usually end up not. You won't be praying because you'll you have it in your mind that oh, I've got this covered. I've got this under control. I don't need the Lord. And so it always exposes a sense of independence when you're not asking the Lord. In verse 3, you ask, you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Obviously, this one verse it would absolutely destroy and cancel out any form of prosperity gospel that you see all over the place. Olstein, Joyce Myers, anybody else who says that... Uh, that you should be able to name it and claim it and ask prayer for, for material things. And this one verse cancels all of that out. And so your immediate reaction to this verse is, if you're asking God for something that you can spend on your pleasures, you're wasting your time because you will not receive it. Because it says very clearly there, that's the wrong motive. So immediately, that's what we, I think of whenever I see this verse. I'm like, yeah, if I'm praying for money or if I'm praying for new vehicle and I'm not saying it's necessarily always able to do that if you have financial problems and things but it's, it should never be covetous or something that would be that you'd spend on yourself I mean we want to ask for material things obviously to, for, to provide but more importantly it should be to be able to be generous and give away um, to be sharing with other people and not just spending it upon yourself and so it's obviously this is material in a sense um, and that's usually the way this would would apply, I believe. But also, just like you could have immaterial evil motives, 
like we just talked about, uh, we talked about a little bit with teaching, is you can become prideful. You, you're, I could be asking the Lord to grant me wisdom for to, to teach, but my hidden motive, and I may not even be aware of it, is because I want to exalt myself and how much knowledge I have, or I, or I, so it becomes an evil motive there. And so, and so I don't. It's not material things that I'm wanting to spend on my pleasures, but it's pride. Pride is a immaterial thing that can that you can seek to puff yourself up. So I think that could also apply here. That if you're asking for knowledge from God, so that you can either a exalt yourself or b turn that knowledge into an idol, which that is real easy to do. God, when God, anything God gives you, and that's including wisdom about Him wisdom about his scriptures you can turn into an idol you can turn the scriptures into an idol you can make the knowledge of God more important than the, the God who you have that knowledge of real easy to do anything sadly our even as Christians our unredeemed hearts can take any blessing of the Lord and turn it into an idol and that's why we're always battling against idolatry and so that's why we just constantly, constantly, when I'm asking for the Lord, if I can ask with a clear conscience, led by the Spirit, I know I'm seeking His glory and the good of others. That's, that's the motive I always try and pray for, is the glory of the Lord and the good of others. And yes, and I pray for myself. I pray for the good of myself, but not in a sense of selfish consumption kind of thing, or pride, or knowledge for the sake of knowledge, and knowledge for the sake of idolatry, but it's always for the sake of knowing Him, for my edification, to humble me, not to, not to elevate me, but to humble me, and to grant me obedience, then and also, yes, to, to have that go out to other people. And so that's the right motive, I believe, in, when praying. And if you do that, if you ask with the right motive for His glory and in, in your edification and the good of others, He'll answer it every single time. God loves, I always say this, God loves to glorify Himself in and amongst His believers and show you... Um, what he'll do through people when they have the right motives in prayer and in service and it's mind-boggling what he'll do and you and mainly I just t I tell myself get out of the way just just don't just let the spirit work and I know he works through and through actions and through words and everything else but my, my main goal is not to mess it up because that is so easy to do especially when he is working and he's doing great things it's so easy for like we talked about for that for that to turn into pride and to turn into you know, you can easily turn into apathy after he does something great, and you get comfortable and content, and you know, just it's an all—it's an all ongoing struggle to keep our motives right. But it's worth the battle. I always say that it's worth the battle. There's nothing else. There's no one else worth serving. Whenever I start to struggle, and I think, all right, I'm going to turn here, I'm going to turn there. And I used to do that out of frustration in my Christian life. I'm like, oh, okay, you're not going to do this for me. Well, I'm going to go do this. I'm to the point now where I've experienced all that and the corruption of all that and the destruction of all that and the loss of joy of all that. And now I just say, I have, Lord, I have nowhere else to go. I'm a little frustrated right now, but I have absolutely nowhere to go except to you. There's no one else worth serving, like Peter said when he asked him if he wanted, they wanted to leave. He said, where are we going to go? I mean, you're the true and living God. You have the words of eternal life. Once you realize that you're serving the true and living God, there is no other comparison. There is no other way to go. And so that's what we do. We battle our motives because it's worth battling. We battle to serve Him because it's worth, it's the only thing worth doing. And then eventually, we may not see all the fruit now. We'll see some fruit now. You, you get joy now in serving the Lord. And you do see fruit. You do see people get saved. You do see people get sanctified and affected by your ministry. 
but ultimately I think that's most of it's going to be when he returns and, and that's when you'll, you'll really receive the full amount of joy and fruit and the harvest of the ministry that you live in and so it's a battle but it's worth battling so I pray this has been edifying to you and until next time God bless you